Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church in the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right. This morning, we're going to talk about how to silence the enemy. How to silence the enemy. You know, there are enemies that just, you know, want to yap, 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 yap in your ears all the time and, and uh, you know, tell you what to do. There are so many enemies of what God wants to do in your life. The main enemy, of course, is Satan, the devil, the arch enemy of the born-again Christian. You know, he hates you, he doesn't like you, and he's doing his best to destroy your life. He'll do it through deception. He'll do his best to either push you away from God through disappointments or to pull you away from God through enticing you with things that he might offer you that would be better. I would like it better than I would like, you know, you know, living for Jesus. Or I'd like this better than obeying Christ. Or I would like this better than, than, than you know, being a witness. I would, you know, the, if the devil can push you or pull you away from Christ, he will. That's his goal. It's his desire. It's his desire to separate us from one another. It's his desire to start in your minds and even while you're sitting in church looking around, looking at other people and start to wonder why they're different than you or they're not like you or do they like you or any, uh, you know, isn't that amazing? That's been going on for so many years. He does it in families. He does it in communities. Well, he has no place here. We're going to learn how we can silence the enemy this morning. And, uh, you know, we are in a season of reset. I would encourage you to go back uh, on, uh, and, and listen to our Wednesday night, just past Wednesday night's message, okay? Uh, we, we talked about some things on Wednesday night that are very important about this season of reset that we are in. And, uh, you know, we're in this season of reset, and tomorrow evening begins a brand new year on God's calendar. You may know it as Rosh Hashanah. You may know it as Feast of Trumpets. That begins tomorrow evening at sundown. When the sun goes down in Jerusalem, it will be the official beginning of the Feast of Trumpets. That's the head of the year, Rosh Hashanah. It's the new year. It's God's new year on God's calendar. And let me, you know, uh, you know what New Year's does for us it causes us to make a lot of resolutions you know um, but God has given us seasons and times predictable moments of reset and his new year is one of those he resets things in the new year and uh, you know God knows that we were coming up on a new year I love these seasons and and we talked about Wednesday night that the feast of trumpets tells us three things number one to look back and be thankful be thankful for all the times God has given you a second chance, for all the times God has given you a reset, okay? We need to be thankful, okay? Uh, please, please tomorrow and Tuesday, it's a two-day festival, a two-day feast, because they don't know exactly the day nor the hour that it begins, okay? It'll be sometime between, actually, you know, uh, uh, sundown tomorrow night and, and sundown Wednesday night, somewhere. Uh, the reason being is because it requires them to see a sliver of the moon. So you don't know the day nor the hour that the trumpet will sound. You don't know the day nor the hour that the Son of Man will come. Okay? But the Feast of Trumpets is the next feast we are looking forward to. Uh, go back to our website, cotr.com, or, or on your app, or wherever you may go, and uh, you know, YouTube, uh, Facebook, to our GTCOTR page, and you can find 
this past Wednesday night, a season of reset and the 10 days of awe. But what this Feast of Trumpets is encouraging us to do today is to look back and be thankful for all of the resets God has already given us. We need to be thankful in this season. You know, it's, it, it is hard to keep a person down whenever they're thankful. It is hard to interrupt somebody's uh, joy whenever they're thankful. We need to be thankful for all that God has done thus far. And number two, we need to be focused right now on what the Feast of Trumpets is. And the Feast of Trumpets is a call to repentance. Repent, repent, repent. And we need to be repentant. Okay, uh, no, no greater time in history uh, for us to be a repentant people, for us to be a people who say, I'm sorry, God, I really mean it, God, forgive us of our sins, our families, Lord, our communities, Lord, our churches, our nation, our generation, forgive us of our national sins, God, no greater time to be repentant, and that's what the Feast of Trumpets signals, it signals, boom, let's get right with God, let's repent, let's get right with God, why? Because in just 10 more days, the Feast of Atonement will be here. And your eternity will be sealed according to all that is taught under the Jewish tradition for the 1,500 years before Christ. But it still reminds us to be thankful for the past, all the resets, to be conscious and connected to our need of repentance today. And then number three... The Feast of Trumpets gives us uh, um, 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 the inspiration to be expectant. Expecting what? Well, expecting the coming of the Lord because tomorrow night, somewhere between sundown tomorrow night in Jerusalem and two more days, whenever they blow that trumpet, so many people believe that this is the year Jesus is coming back. Boom. Oh, I hope he does. I hope he just surprises every one of y'all. And some of you are saying, oh, this is, you know, Jesus isn't coming back tomorrow or the next day. Oh, look, that leads me to believe he really is because he says he's coming at a time when you don't think. He's going to come at some point. You know, those people that were participating in Passover did not realize that this is the Passover that is showtime. They thought it's just another dress rehearsal. Let's just have another cracker and some grape juice. But it wasn't. It was, that cracker and grape juice was different than the other cracker and grape juice. That was the time that it was the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That lamb was different than any other lamb. They had been practicing with a lamb, and this lamb was the son of Almighty God who took away the sins of the world, and they were not expecting it. We should be expecting it. We are told to be expectant, and the Feast of Trumpets, this time of year, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, the new year on God's calendar, this is the next feast that we will enjoy this is the next thing that God is going to do on his calendar this might be a year for dress rehearsal or it might be showtime I don't know because Jesus could come tomorrow boom whoo glory to God come on Jesus there's a whole lot more people this year saying please come than there was last year well anyway have I told you have I shared with you guys that there is a man that loves you? I know many of you born into a Western world, into a Western culture, into a family that, you know, has probably got, you know, three-bedroom house, two-car garage, a pickup and a boat. I don't know, whatever, you know. Maybe a minivan. You may not be facing what 
75%, I'll say, my, my, my statistic, no one else's. It's probably more. I'm trying to be less. You may not even realize what that 75% of the world is facing today. The hurt, the heartache, the lack of hope, the lack of trust in humanity, fear, you know, living their lives, never expecting anything better than perhaps a bowl of rice every other day. But I want you to know, wherever you are in the world, and however this message may get to you, I want you to know that there is a man that loves you. He will be good to you every day. He will feed you. He will clothe you. He will take care of you when you're sick. He will encourage you when you're weary. He will sit with you when you're lonely. He'll listen to you when you need a friend. He will lay his life down for you and take your place so that you do not have to die. If you disappoint him, he will forgive you. There's a man who loves you. He will never hurt you. His name is Jesus. This morning we're going to be reading from Psalms chapter 8. We're going to be learning again how to silence the enemy. In Psalm chapter 8, by the way, one of the more quoted Psalms in the New Testament Quoted in Hebrews, the second chapter. Quoted in Matthew, the 11th chapter. Quoted in Matthew, the 21st chapter. Jesus quoting in Matthew 11 and 21. And, uh, uh, you know, this, this psalm is a very important and very particular psalm. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Okay. And it begins, O Lord, our Lord. Well, let me back up. Let me tell you what this to the chief musician means. Y'all ever wonder what these things mean to the chief musician? You know who the chief musician is? That's the choir leader, but more than a choir leader. It's the head guy over praise and worship. There are 53 psalms that were written to the chief musician. And one song in the third chapter of the prophet of Haggai, when it gets to the end of that song, it is addressed to the chief musician. What does this mean? It means that, and, and these are important things for us to know, that, that, that the head musician is the one that's going to be receiving this. David wrote this psalm, but he wrote it to the chief musician. He wrote it to the guy that is in charge of singing this song and playing this song and performing this song. He might even be in charge of setting the music to this psalm. Okay? So David is addressing this. 53 psalms are written to the head guy, okay, to the praise and worship leader. Okay, and written and given and entrusted to with purpose and with intent. 
What was the purpose? That this would be done exactly like it was written. The words would not be messed with, and the tempo and the and 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 and, and the, you know all the feeling of the song would be communicated. We want you to communicate this just like, and we want you to make sure that all the singers communicate what we want communicated, and we want you to make sure that all the musical instruments communicate what we want to communicate. You know, you can play a song sad or you can play a song happy. This is a happy song, and this song is what David wrote to the chief musician, and he told him, keep it happy. Okay? This is a good one. It's an upbeat one. To the chief musician, on the instrument of Gath, he even said, what instrument I want you to play this on? Now, you know, the instrument of Gath, what does this mean? Well, there are some, some debate between whether Gath or Githith is, is the correct um, ascribing for it to be played on. The instrument of Gath, many people imagine, and perhaps rightly so, that it was a type of instrument, a very particular instrument that belonged to the Philistines historically, and the Philistines had it, and when David spent years in Gath with the king of Gath and, in, and, and, and with the Philistines, that he really liked that particular instrument, and so it emoted whatever he wanted it to, and so he brought it back with him from Gath and began to institute it and use it in some of his psalms. But actually, there are only three psalms that this particular instrument is to be played on. One is Psalms 8, one is Psalms 81, and one is Psalms 84. And all three of those psalms are happy psalms. They're, they're so whatever this instrument is, it's, it, 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 it must you know, do something to make you happy. You know what I mean? There, I mean, there are some things you, you, you can play some sad instruments. You can play some instruments that kind of make you feel, or you can play some instruments that make you want to jump up and run. We don't know. Now, it is not known whether this was a stringed instrument. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the New Living Translation says on the harp. Well, that, that, that's not known. We don't know. It could have been a wind instrument. It could be. We do not know. But on the flip side of scholars, to the chief musician on the instrument of Gittith, well, uh, this this might make reference, and many people, you know, they're, they're about half and half divided. That speaks of a time and a season of the treading of the grapes. And so what many people connect this with, and, and people much more learned than I am, I'm just giving you both sides, I don't know, and you know, uh, I can't say that it makes a difference to me, but, but I want you to understand that many people imagine this instrument to have been the instrument that was used by, by the people who were treading the grapes in the time after the harvest season that were making the wine, and that is a happy time. We know that's a happy time because of the prophet Isaiah that says that, you know, oh, oh, oh you know, and, and you know, the songs and the shouting and everything. We know that they were out there in the field, you know, pulling the grapes and treading the grapes, and there was music and there was shouting and there was dancing and there was singing. We know that from so many other other sources and this many people believe was the instrument that David said I want you to use that instrument that y'all use at, 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 at the feast at the happy times whenever we're treading the grapes and whenever everybody's enjoying the wine the new wine and let's tread oh let, let's let's get out there and have a party so that's the kind of feeling that should go with this psalm okay. do y'all isn't that interesting I find these things interesting but it's only used three times uh 
in the, in the Psalms. Only three Psalms are, are, are written, okay? So uh, it's a Psalm of David. These things are important, you know, uh, or, or they wouldn't be taking up Bible space. This is a psalm that David wrote from the heart of David, perhaps in the fall of the year, perhaps in this season of the year, whenever they are making the wine in this season of the year, in a very festive time, in a very expectant time. It's a new year. It's a wonderful time. And this chief musician, you better get it right. And this is how it goes. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Okay. Now, now, uh, those of you who are looking on the screen, and I'm not sure that those at church online, I'll make sure that, that, it, that it is up there. Oh, Lord. See, the first Lord is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. See, the second Lord is not. Why? Because these are two different words. I'm talking about two different aspects, two different images. Okay? Oh, Lord. Anytime you see it capitalized, we're talking about, you know, Jehovah. You know, Yahweh God, forgive me if this offends you, Big Daddy. <laughs> okay? We're talking about the head guy. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Our Lord. L, little O-R-D. This is Adonai or Adon. We're, we're, we're talking about we're, we're talking about the perspective of God in God. We're talking about the perspective of, of, of God. This word here means master. It means Lord, literally Lord and master. Oh God, our Lord and master. Here we see a reflection of God and the Son. We see this, and we see this in many of the Psalms, written in the Psalms, in a way that it is put together to, to cause us to understand that, that who we are addressing is, is, is God, and in God, Christ in God. That Christ, you know, that, that, that God was in Christ, and Christ is in God. And, and, and they are two in the one. But here they are addressed as not only, oh God, but this is, oh God, our master god our our savior our redeemer our lord wow i like that don't you guys how excellent is your name in all the earth isn't that great who have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength now, if we had a little more time this morning, and I'll encourage you to do so, you should go to Matthew 21 and see where Jesus quoted this. Because when Jesus quotes this, it's the time whenever he's riding that little donkey into Jerusalem during the last week of his life before they're going to, you know, arrest him and crucify him. And remember all the little children were around and going, Hosanna, 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 you know, uh, come, you, know, you know, the king is coming, the king is coming. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders got all angry at Jesus. And they said, don't you hear them saying what they're saying? Man, make them shut up. And Jesus said, haven't you ever read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, nursing infants, God has perfected praise. Here it says that he's ordained strength. Jesus quoted it as perfected praise. Jesus just 
A little bit. Ordained strength, perfected praise. Those two things are intrinsically tied together out of Matthew, the 21st chapter, and out of Psalms 8 so that we can fully well understand the whole rest of, 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 of the Psalms, how, how that the joy of the Lord is our strength, how that God perfects praise and ordains strength, and how we become strong in praise and the joy of the Lord and the joy of the praise strengthens us and causes us to be mighty in God. And that's what Jesus is, 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 is quoting that out of Matthew 20. 20. One, and, and they kind of just, you know, okay. Oh, yeah. Where am I? I'm, I'm getting happy here. And I have a 1,250-mile drive after this. Lord Jesus, bless us all. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of singing going on. We're going to have to <laughs> going to have to have some strength. Look. You have, you, you have ordained strength. You have perfected praise, Jesus said. Why? Because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy. Because of the praise and the worship. Do you know whenever the devil starts talking to you? Do you know how you get stronger than your enemy? Do you know how you can uh, you know, end up shutting the devil up? The devil... <laughs> hates praise and worship he hates worship he hates for people to praise the name of the lord and you just began out of the mouths of babes and sucklings you just began to get stronger and stronger and stronger you have the ordained strength of god as you lift up your praise and your worship to him again for the joy of the lord is my strength verse three when i consider when i consider all right now flash news flash right here god designed us to consider now i could go through the word of god i could go through oh my goodness do you know there are 1313 times that word is mentioned in the bible 1313 times that this hebrew word is mentioned in the bible i would say to you that god expects us to do some thinking god wants you to think for yourself god doesn't want you following a crowd he wants you to think for yourself because if you'll think for yourself and you'll consider, you'll come up with the same answer that everybody else is thinking for themselves and, and seeing as you observe what, what David is observing. There are whole nations that are against people thinking for themselves. There are whole cultures. There are customs. There are quacks. There are tyrannical, insecure, tyrannical leaders around the world that want to shut down a thinking people. Shut down a people that want to consider and they want to think and they want to imagine and they want to dream and they want to hope. All these things are, in, are, are, are balled up in this one thing and God intends for us to be a people who imagine, a people who dream, a people who look at something and find His way and find better ways 
You know, it's, it's, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. God wants us to search out the truths and to create and find a better way. God wants us, David said, when I consider your heavens, when I look acknowledging God has done something amazing. Who can look into the heavens and imagine that, you know, this was just some roll of the dice, big bang. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. By the way, you see, he didn't say the sun. I just find this interesting because it must have been nighttime. Because he was looking around. It must have been a clear night. He could see the stars. Things like that interest you when you're reading the Bible. Things like that interest me. It interests me that he's probably sitting in the cool, you know, of the evening, and 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 he's happy. It's a you know probably a good time of the year. Maybe it's this particular time of the year in the fall. It's such a happy time. You know, wars are over. You know, you get to the end of of of, of the season of war, and and in your in your home, and 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 somebody's making wine, and you're just all excited about that, and you're all happy about that, and. No sun, no clouds. He doesn't say, when I see the clouds. He didn't say, and he's talking about what he's considering. He's talking about what he's looking at. And so we find him most likely in that cool of the evening, in the nighttime. And he's saying, you know, uh, when I consider the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man? What is man, mankind? Who are we? What is man uh, that, you, that your mind is so full of us? What is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you'd visit him? Because, you know, he said, you have made, uh, you know, or you, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You know what that Hebrew word for angels is? Elohim. Yeah. Sometimes used for angels, but it means it, it's for God. You have made him a little lower than God. Elohim. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him. You ever wonder why you were made? You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, fellowship with God. Here's the answer. You have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. We were made by God for a purpose. A purpose to which the angels were not made but a purpose for which we were made. You were made to have dominion. Dominion is the right and the power to govern and control. You were made to be in charge, be in control, not be controlled. Okay? It's one of the reasons why I like America. We are a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. I was made to be in control. I wasn't made to be controlled. God didn't create me to be controlled. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. That's not a political statement. That is a God statement. And when you take the power away from individuals in order to consider and dream, in order to make their lives better, in order to get a little piece of ground, and if they want to put a business on it, they want to put a farm on it, a chicken on it, or if they just want to put a rocking chair on it, that's up to them. And it's up to them what they sell those eggs for. You've made him to have dominion over all works of him. You, you have put all things under his feet. 
all sheep and oxen and, and even the beasts of the fields, everything you know, on the earth and, and the birds of the air, everything above the earth, the fish of the sea, all, everything you know, under the earth, under the sea, uh, that pass through the paths of the sea. And he concludes, and I conclude, by simply saying, O Lord, O God, our Master and Savior, O God, my Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. These are the things we're supposed to be happy about. Happy about. Did I tell you that there is a man who loves you? There is a man who will feed you and clothe you and be good to you every day. Did I tell you that his name is Jesus and that you can invite him into your heart, into your home, he will help you to consider and imagine and dream. And he will also help you to fulfill his purpose in your life and in the earth. His name is Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.